it's a piece of work which was launched, for those of you that are at Winchester last year, um, Roger Evans launched the idea of um, good urban form and it's something that the UDG has been looking at over the last 12 months and really it's talking about how we should be looking at the shape and form of our towns and cities um, as we go forward and sort of putting de development in the right places. We hear a lot about car dependence um, in new development and this is kind of looking a bit at the process and maybe um, I'll be talking on the process that it is at the moment. Jazz will talk a bit about how maybe we should be tweaking it going forward. So a little bit about how we currently plan for new homes. This is a, a flow diagram taken from a local authority SHLAR, Strategic Housing Land Availability Assessment. And really it shows the steps that you go through and the stages you go through to get from a kind of target number through to actually having some site allocations. You don't need to be able to read it, although possibly you can on that giant <laughs> screen. Um, normally when I present this, no one has a hope of reading it. Um, and effectively you go through a number of steps. So the first thing you do is you put out a call for sites. This is um, a sort of random example from Somerset, um, it's a form you download and if you're a landowner you'll fill it in and you'll say yeah I've got a couple of fields I want to put forward for housing, um, you put some statistics in on how big it is, has it got um, a road nearby, how many houses do you think you might be able to get onto it um, and you then submit this as part of the um, call for sites process in the local plan. You'll submit a, a red line plan um, potentially just a simple drawing that shows where your site sits and on the surface of it it probably looks quite sustainable it's on the edge of an existing settlement um, what could possibly be unsustainable some people go a step further so this is from a prospectus from a landowner so they've actually taken um, a consultant on board and started to look at how they think they can justify the number of units that they're suggesting, how it might work, how it might lay out roads, houses, um, community infrastructure and other facilities. So some will, will kind of go to this greater length. And some of them will be um, sort of internal searches. So this is a, a brownfield site. The last two obviously were more greenfield sites. So this is looking at a former mill. Um, and again, it's the same exercise. How big is it? How many units do we think we can get on it? What kind of density can it support? Um, you know, what are the utilities like? How can we um, service it? And ultimately, you'll get to a, a chart like this. So um, there'll be a number of sites identified. In this case, it's done by ward. Um, and then how many dwellings you think you can get on there. That's simply done by looking at housing density and the size of the site. Um, if there's any specific requirements that maybe require a lower density, um, maybe you need extra space for surface water management or something like that. Um, and you just end up with numbers and it becomes a totting up exercise. It's a spreadsheet um, exercise. You've got a target from the government for how many houses you need to deliver. You've got to make sure you've got your five year supply because otherwise you're open to developers building all over the place. Um, and it's just about making sure the numbers stack up. So you probably want sort of a six year supply going forward to show that you've got that. And what it means is we end up in a situation where we're not necessarily building the right houses in the right places. We're kind of building where the housing is, um, or the least bad sites, rather than on the best sites for new development. And we think that there's a better way of um, dealing with it. This is an example of what you end up with. So the different colours are consented, um, allocated but not consented under construction sites. And as you can see, it's a kind of scattergun approach across a, a district. So I'll hand over to Jazz now to yeah. talk a bit about what we might do going forward. So um, to summarise some of the issues with the, 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 the current system that Paul talked us through, um, number one, there's no link between affordability and availability. Um, because it's just the, the process is run by people putting forward their sites, they want to, landowners want to maximise the value of what their, their, their assets. 
Um, there's, no, there's no link into are we creating genuinely affordable homes where people need to live and people want to live. So it sort of undermines the, the myth that we can kind of build our way out of the housing crisis. Um, the second issue is there's no incentive for councils to o make an over-provision. Um, everybody, especially out of sort of big cities, everyone's trying to get as, a little development and as little change as possible. And local authorities really have no need to kind of make an over-provision when there's some new infrastructure coming in. Um, that leads me to the, the, the third issue, the headline issue, is that there's very limited, if not zero, reciprocity between infrastructure planning and the sites that we're allocating. Um, and I'll come, up, come on to that in a little bit more detail later. And then the fourth sort of, um, sort of idiosyncrasy of the current system is if you add up all the, the allocations um, across local planning authorities in England, they don't meet the government's own national target of 300,000 homes a year. So by devolving everything and having a purely locally-led system where it's, it's all about uh, where we can build rather than where we should build, the numbers don't add up. Um, so this is just a, a, a local site uh, somewhere in, a, in an unnamed suburb of Birmingham. Um, and Leo uh, talked about noddy houses next to a motorway uh, earlier, earlier in the morning. And, and this is your, your sort of typical example, really. Um, so you've got an allocation edge of settlement next to a massive, uh, next to the M6, um, you know, very noisy site, zero public transport accessibility, uh, probably a one in one out in terms of roads. Um, you, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here, but I'd imagine um, the site came forward with a, uh, a local landowner that was then sold to a volume house builder who overpaid for the site and then had to sign up to a density of probably around 35, 40 DPH in order to, to make their returns. And they'd have to do that using hand standard housing typologies. Um, because of uh, where it is, we know there'll be a high um, demand for, for car ownership. So you've got standard typologies, probably about two or three cars per home, 35, 40 DPH next to a motorway. I, d I don't care who your design team is, there's no way you can make a success of that. There's no way that those, <laughs> under, um, under those criteria, uh, we, we can be creating people-friendly places. So there has to be a better way. Um, so these are these are some some very quick ideas about how we how we might be able to do something in a different way. All right, I'll be thirty seconds on each then. Um, the first being we need to sort of have much more national priorities about where we're growing and why they're the right places to grow. Uh, one of the speakers in the morning alluded to a, a national economic and spatial plan, and and at the moment the way we plan on a regional basis, so you've got the Oxford-Cambridge arc at the bottom, the Northern Powerhouse at the top, uh, there's no real interface or meaningful interface with the local plan process. Um, number two, at a, at a local level, local, local authorities need to come together and, and work better in a, in a, in a sub-regional um, sub way. So we've got the um, West Midlands Combined Authority that are, that are doing quite, some quite progressive things in the way they're promoting uh, regional connectivity and regional movement but again when it comes to a local level there's so there's very little reciprocity between local plan allocations and sort of the big arrows about movement and, and how people are moving between homes and growth so the diagram over there that's an extract from Coventry's local plan and to the left of it is um, this, is movement on a regional uh, scale and I don't know about you guys but I can't see any any interface between the two of them um, in terms of how we're actually how we're actually finding these sites, um, 
again, tweaking the system might be that we, we look at a parallel exercise of a search for sites alongside a call for sites where, where, where decisions are made on a settlement-wide basis. So a settlement could mean a city, it could mean a, a small town like the example here. And the planning authority takes more of a proactive role about seeking out what sites make sense and judging them in, in relation to public transport accessibility, social infrastructure, green use, flooding, things like that. And they then go out and try to, try to bring these sites forward. Um, and then the, the fourth, this is more of a sort of wildcard um, idea. Um, so in my, in my day job, as a, we're a firm of architects and, and urban designers, and on the one hand we deal with small development, new houses, and on the other hand we're, we're sometimes working on behalf of landowners uh, to promote their sites in a way that's awkwardly similar to what Paul showed earlier. But anyway, um, uh, and the, the skill set that you, you need when you're, you're dealing with development management uh, or development control, as it used to be known, is completely different from um, the skill set and the pressures involved with planning policy formulation and plan making. So on the, on the left-hand side we have um, development management, where it's a lot closely, you could argue it's closer linked with the discipline of architecture, of building conservation, of uh, building control. And then you have plan, uh, plan making, which is much more about spatial geography, economics, sociology. Um, and you know, and often subject to, to political processes. So, what if the two were separated out, and we, we didn't have plans, you know, changing every five years? But again, that's that's probably for a, for a bigger discussion. And I'll just leave you with with these two contrasting images. Um, so, on the left hand side, we have a, a street view shot taken from Camborne, um, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. And on the right hand side, there's a, a, a scheme um, in Norwich, uh, Gold, Goldsmith Street, that's been nominated for the Sterling Prize. And, and the point about this talk is that really in terms of delivering the design quality before you even get to examining how the buildings, spaces look and feel, it's about the site that you select and the public transport accessibility and how that creates density. If you don't get those things right, it's impossible to deliver meaningful quality. That's it, thanks.